Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller to talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for uh, spending some of that uh, period of time here with us. Here's what's coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list, and we have had a significant change uh, to our promo that was airing. So here's what's coming up. Uh, We will... I guess I better get this in front of me, uh, Trent Condon. We will begin uh, with Mitch Holtis at the bottom of the hour, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. But no, no, no. He's not the only radio voice that's going to join us uh, on today's program. Mitch Holtis at 1130. Dave Sprow from KASI 1430 in Ames. He covers Iowa State. He'll be here to recap with uh, the football and uh, press conference. I believe basketball also had uh, opportunities yesterday. So we'll get Dave Sprow in here about 10 minutes before 11 o'clock. At quarter past 12, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, Paul Allen, is going to join us. Uh, things didn't work out for him to join us tomorrow, so we had to bump Cappy till tomorrow, which he willingly did. But if you're a David Kaplan fan, if you like to keep up on what's going on over uh, in Chicago, Cappy will be here tomorrow. But PA, the voice of those, dare we say, are they 8 and 1 now or 9 and 1? They have the one. They do have the one, Trent. They're off to an incredible start. That we do Eight know. Eight and one. Eight and one for those Vikings. PA will be here as they get to take on the Cowboys. You mentioned it yesterday. Kind of a different point spread. One that mm-hmm. um, um, the Cowboys are on the road. Vikings have one loss. Cowboys coming off a loss to the Packers. If the point spread's only one. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't either. Cowboys favored one. Cowboys favored by one. Right. Vikings favored by one. That's probably I probably would have had a Vikings one and a half at mm-hmm. US Bank. It is one of the few remaining stadiums that is a three or three and a half point stadium. Right. It is a rarity. It's there, it's a Lambeau, uh-huh. it's Arrowhead, and it's Seattle. That's it. Those are the four. Yep. And you talk to any handicapper, and depending if they do three and a half or if they do threes, those are the four top ones still to this day. Buffalo's close. Yeah, it's no longer well, the home team's three gets three. <laughs> right? That's no. not the case. That thing's been dead for a long time. A decade? Probably so. In the and, NFL? I, and I think for the for a better part of that decade, people weren't aware of it. Oh, absolutely. I, I've heard some people that have said, make it a flat one. Mm-hmm. Some people that do play around with it a little bit more. Because they're pros. That's the whole yes. thing. I mean, they've, they've been there, done that mm-hmm. to get to this point, And that's the reason it doesn't matter uh, if the team is on the road or playing a home game. I believe like I've it heard, once did. Uh, oh, who is the guy? Uh, remember the MIT movie where they went to the no. the po- that guy though that the movie was based on, who is now a sports handicapper, Jeff Ma. That's his name. Don't know. He uh, he says statistically the number is NFL home field advantage just flat across the board is like one point two points. That's mm. what it is, kind of flat when he put everybody together into one thirty two team bucket. That's what it is. In converse, college football. People still think the same thing, three points. No. That has never been the case. There's never been a one-size-fits-all for college football. And it's anywhere from a point Mm -hmm. to up to five and a half, sometimes six points Mm -hmm. for home field advantage 
in college football. Hawaii and Boise used to be almost mm-hmm. double digits. I yeah. mean, it was like nine at one point. Um, and it varies throughout the season. Uh, Jack Trice is one of those stadiums where if Iowa State's kind of having a, you know, a throwback three and nine type of season, um, and it's November, it's not the five and a half, six mm-hmm. that it would be when the, uh, the building's packed and everybody's standing on their feet and Iowa State's good. Likewise at Kinnick. And you don't uh, have muffled hands as you're clapping because you got <laughs> right. gloves on. Right, which factors into it. Yes. Uh, but Kinnick's a five, five and a half, mm-hmm. depending on how the team is doing uh, as well. So, yeah, I was surprised by that. But Paul Allen's going to be here at 12.15, and then we will talk Hawks with David Eicholt uh, is, um, from 24-7 Sports. Look forward to catching up with Eicholt from HawkeyeInsider.com. Hawks, Seton Hall tonight, 6.30 is tip. I, I can't wait for this. Mm-hmm. I've got nothing I want to watch I mean, okay, I only have one thing I want to watch, and that's the Jets, and they're off tonight. But this is going to be perfect, just absolute wheelhouse. And this is going to be a tough spot, Trent. It is. This is going to be a real good test for this Hawkeye team because um, Seton Hall's pretty good. They're pretty long. They're off to a 2-0 and start, and they've got a um, – Pretty good, a pretty good basketball coach, right? Yeah, Shaheen Holloway after what he did a year ago with. And with didn't that they just play St. Peter's? They did, and they clubbed him. Oh, they did. Yes, yeah. I think that was maybe game two for them, Not something sure. like that. Yeah. Well, they hadn't played very many, right? Uh yeah. It was the second game, and they won eighty to forty-four. Oh my! Yeah, they're playing well. This is a big team. Their top two players right now are both six ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a freshman who starts who's six nine, lanky. He's not mm-hmm. thick, but it's going to be a different kind of test. And they're going to get up and they're going to guard you. And they're, it's a road game early yeah, in the season. Right. And we have seen this. I mean, look what's happened. And credit to the Pac 12, which we haven't get a whole lot of credit during the last probably eight to 10 years. Right. That conference as a whole. They've made a lot of good decisions, have they? But on the heels of 2020, they made the decision we're going to do something tangible, something you can see. And so they created. We know about the ACC Big Ten Challenge, the Mm -hmm. SEC Big 12. They created a similar with the SWAC, historically black universities, and not just, hey, come out here. Come to Corvallis. Come to L.A. Come to Tucson. No, they're playing home and homes. Good for them. Now, they thought lost three of these games. Have they really? devastating for your RPI because year after year, the EAC and the SWAC are almost every year the worst conferences in college basketball. But to do that, knowing that you might take a loss. They've taken three losses. A lot of credit there to the Pac-12. Just a great thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, heard the Colorado coach. Colorado gets beat by, I can't remember who it was, one of, one of the schools from the SWAC, though. And then they go out and beat Tennessee right afterwards. But, <laughs> but it was uh, Tad, their coach, was talking about just the experience. Going there for so many of the guys, you know, learning this is also yeah. how D1 athletes live. Mm-hmm. And looking at mm-hmm. you know, the workout rooms that mm-hmm. they have and the conditions. And, hey, you know what? We don't have endless supplies of good. food like you guys have. Yeah. At the Pac-12, and I think it was a real eye-opener oh, he said, for been. his program of just understanding that hey, these guys are also D1 athletes, yeah. and this is what we have to do. Mm. And guess what? After this, these guys are going to go on the road for the next month trying to play the Bills Jeez. for buy games yes. across the country. And, and then for the do. most part, they'll be gone for a mm-hmm. month. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Well, Trent, since we're on college basketball... You, you want know, to talk about my night last night? Is that what you're... <laughs> well, I was going to save it till the end, uh-huh. but you know what? I, oh, I had a night. It was Ooh. just so much fun. So you, how many games did you play? 11? 10. 10? 10 games. And you went 9-1? and one? Went 9-1. and one. The only loss was the meld out of Duke late in the game, but it was just one of those nights where it was all clicking. You know, mm-hmm. everything that I had handicapped in the preseason, all the spots that I had circled, just everything came together. So, and you put... You, you gave out six of those games... Mm-hmm. 
on our show at yeah. the end, and you you can find your picks at Action Network. Yep, the Action Network app. If you yep. just search T Condon, that's the username that I have there. So yeah, or Trent Condon, it should pop up, and you can follow along. I, I make my picks every single day. Yep, I put them in there. I track them just to show a little bit, and mm-hmm. every time that. And I just got one, I think it was last week, O'Connor and his terrible picks. And I, <laughs> you look at the bet history, and over the last month, I'm up 27 units. Over the last week, up 10 units. Yesterday, plus 7 units. You had a day, baby. And you can track it. Yeah. And it just, now today's card, because I, I was excited. I started looking at it last night, looked again this morning. It's not jumping off the page like right. it did yesterday. You know, it seldom does two yes. days in a row. No, that's the way it is. Yeah. But it is a grind. In college basketball, it is an absolute grind, day in and day out. Finding those numbers. You know uh, the guy that works in Visa and Overnights, Greg Peterson? I don't know him. Did we, is that the guy we had on? We were we tried to have him on, and he slept through his alarm because he does overnights. Okay. And didn't didn't hit the alarm and didn't get up with us. But I met him before. I mean, he's a huge nerd. He's, he's, he is a, the embodiment of a dork. But <laughs> the dude handicaps every single college basketball game. How? And then on top of it, he does a podcast where he breaks down – there's 120 games, he'll give 30 seconds in every single game. Jeez. And it doesn't matter if it's a SWAC game or a MIAC game or if it's how a Big could, Ten game. How would you sit through that to try to listen to that? He just gives a little take is, on Is he entertaining one. when he does this? He does a pretty good job. Does yeah. he? Yeah. And he's a Midwest sit, guy, too. Is he? Yeah, I think he's from Milwaukee, maybe. So you can like sit down and listen to a podcast where he's, he's got an opinion on 130 games? I'd, I'd check out after about three or four. Well, I'd be searching for the games that I'm also on. And seeing if we're matching. Gotcha. That's kind of the way that I do it when I pop that one on. Well, uh, it's the time of year. If you like to bet on, if you like to mm-hmm. bet on sports, if you like to bet on college basketball, this is your time because all the operators will tell you they get beat up. One more on the basketball front. So uh, right now you can bet on all the preseason Thanksgiving tournaments. Maui, Arkansas, and Arizona are the betting favorites. So as we know, next week Iowa State's going to go out to the Phil Knight Invitational. Carolina's the betting favorite. They did not look good last night. They struggled against a bad Gardner-Webb team and held on for the win. Carolina's, just, are they the shortest price to cut down the nets? They I are. think they're the favorite. And they haven't played real well right now. The ACC as a whole, they're also struggling. When How's Baycott looked? Not great. Really? No. Not not the guy that we saw certainly in Holy March and April mackerel. last year. He has not looked good. But at the Phil Knight Invitational, Carolina's there. Mm-hmm. Alabama. Villanova, who also has yeah. not looked good. Yeah. UConn. They've looked good. So is their football team. Michigan State, who we saw last night. Okay, go ahead. I want to Oregon, back to them. and then of course Iowa State and Portland. Boy, that's a tough slate. What a what a what a tournament. Well, Iowa State has the second longest odds. They're thirty five to one to cut down yeah. the nets and win that championship. But boy, Michigan State a plus six fifty. Isn't that pretty juicy? Well, yeah, Trent, this is where I want to go because when we talk about the Big Ten, you know, we well, the conference is down this year. It's it's kind of wide open. I've seen Michigan State play twice in the last five days. I watched them on Friday night on the boat mm-hmm. uh, against Gonzaga, and if it would have sugar, they had the Zags beat. Yes. They had them beat. And then last night, and I get it, Shibwe wasn't there for the second overtime. Yeah, second overtime, he was on the bench. Um, and I think Kentucky's really good. Really, I have a really good team. Really, can Kentucky in basketball? Who thought? (laughs) Um, And they are good. Michigan State beat them. Why? Why is Michigan State not getting the Big Ten love? That I mean, I saw with my own two eyes. I knew I would bet. When I was looking at them coming into the year, AJ Hoggard last year was not good. Okay, he looks like a completely different guy. 
And I heard Izzo, Izzo and I read an interview with him this summer, and they, mm-hmm. they anticipated he was going to take a big step. And I said, I saw that guy. I don't think there's a big step in front of him. He's taking it. I mean, that dude is playing at a really high level. Malik Hall, top mm-hmm. 50 player in college basketball. Yeah, he's a good player. And, and kind of maybe forgot about a little bit coming mm-hmm. into the season just because Michigan State took that step back a year ago. Hauser, that dude, you watch him one minute and you say, boy, he's going to play in the league. <laughs> and then you watch him another minute and say, that guy's not going to, he's going to be packing my groceries here in a month. Right. He, he is so inconsistent, but when he's right, he's really talented. Fred, you know how many points he had Friday night against the Zags? Two. 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 And 23 last That's night. That's 23 last night. But maybe the biggest difference is in the middle with that Sissoko. Sissoko. This kid played, I don't know how many minutes you averaged last year. The broadcast said five or six. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember being on the team. Nope. And saw you know, them play number of times. Right. Oh, my God. What a difference he made in that game last Here's my. Here's where I was going to go with you. And you know how I, I, I hate this time of year because I don't want college football to end. And I take it out on college basketball. You know, you guys wait over there. <laughs> your turn is wait coming. Your time. Right? But when you have what we saw last night with Duke and Kansas and mm-hmm. Kentucky and Michigan State. No, oh, by the way, it's great to hear Dickie V last yes. night. You know, I just like him or not. I mean, the guy just drips college basketball history, right? As far as coming into your living room and calling games. And does he go over the top? Yeah. Is, is his act old? Maybe. I used to accuse him of that, but uh, shame on me because he's, he's Lee Corso. Uh, and I don't want these guys to keep going, right? Cause they're getting older. We're all getting older. Um, but watching this Michigan State team play last night and watching this brand of basketball with these four brands on the floor, maybe that's what it was. Mm-hmm. That maybe that's why, you know, I just love conference play and it's some of these what, hyphenated school and I never heard of them. Where's <laughs> that at? Where are they, what conference do they play in, Trent? Uh-huh. Help me out. Um, but when you get what we saw last night, I was entertained like I've been entertained. I never even switched to a hockey game. Really? I never even looked for a hockey game. Wow. Too I watched some of the Bowling Green game because mm-hmm. that was a hell of a game. Yes, a nice pick, by the way. Oh. You're getting 17 and they win outright? Well, and it looked like, and I was joking with my wife as we were watching that one. It was 21 zip. Well, and Toledo, on a couple of broke tackles, takes the lead. And, well, good thing I didn't bet the money line. And then we're watching the end, and Bowling Green breaks the tackle. There were five guys surrounding him right, at the 20-yard line. Tackling optional, apparently. Uh, <laughs> and in, he runs through and gets in and says, well, you should have bet the money line on that one, uh, honey. What yeah. was the money line on that? Do you remember? Well, at, six? At 17, it had to be, yeah, probably plus 650, something, something on that in range. that range. Boy, oh, boy. That was a good pick on your part. Uh, I it stunk. That that one, I sniffed that one out early. Also ended up playing Ohio last night. They cruised in for the victory. Maction. I'm more into Maction this year than I have uh, been. Yeah. College basketball's been great. And on top of it, I was also flipping back and forth as uh, obviously the Duke game against Kansas went late. But I was flipping back and forth with TNT because the Kings, for the first time in I think five years, right. were Never playing on, on TNT. TV. Yes. National game, and they played so well. Keegan got a little banged up. Yeah. But when now, he was I heard out there, he went I saw a tweet that he was headed back to the locker room. Yep. So apparently got back. Didn't didn't I didn't see him back in the game. Um mm. he lost, I think, his grandmother recently. Mm. And I saw Kenyon on Twitter kind of respond. There was a Kings fan said basically asked, I think asking him, looks a little lethargic out there. Said, Well, we've been dealing with with a family loss. Last couple times, though, Keegan, that energy is back in a big-time way. That Kings team is fun to watch. Are they? Now they're making shots. Anybody's fun. But they put 153 up last night. Ben Simmons scored in double digits for the first time in like two years. He scored like 10 points. But for him? Yeah. That's that's an oddity. 
So it was NBA, it was college basketball, uh. it was Maction. It was a fun night last night. That was, if you're looking for a little bit of everything, that was a sports potpourri that I love. I love it. Uh, we got three games in Maction tonight, but Seton Hall and I were going to be front, uh, mm-hmm. front and center. All right, college football playoff rankings. Boy, the boys were. And I understand it. I mean, that, to an extent, but but nobody cares that you had to sit through two overtimes to, so you, before you get to your college playoff ranking. And, and on top of it, the national writers that were at the Champions Classic complaining. I saw Bender complaining about what? Uh, All because they had to wait late. for the rankings. I saw our buddy Michael Swain, who's obviously on the uh-huh. Kansas beat, complain. You guys don't have deadlines. You work for a website. Right. Stop complaining. You're not a newspaper guy. Right. Stop. Com- There's no deadline. You can hit publish at 11.02 mm-hmm. or 12.04, and you're watching some of the best basketball brands oh, in college basketball. Stop the complaining. I saw it from national guys. I saw it from Kirk Herb Street, David oh. Pollock waiting to come on to do their part of the wham, show. Wham, wham. No kidding, right? I mean, you, do we ever complain about, about what we yeah, do? Yeah, probably we, we do. Right Sorry about that. Yeah, I guess what we, we do. do. <laughs> Um, but uh, just uh, what what did you see? What did you come away with after watching the new rankings? Um, that my, really didn't change much. My biggest gripe is what is at the bottom. Uh, the, oh, the bottom at like twenty five, twenty four. How can NC you, State? I know they get they get thumped. You get beat by Boston College. I know they're terrible, awful Boston mm-hmm. College. Glenn Foley's not walking through that door. Right. What in God's name are they doing putting mm-hmm. that team in there? Is it something to justify down the road? That's where probably I'm, because if Clemson or Carolina finishes mm-hmm. twelve and one, mm-hmm. and is there a little bit more path where I'm with you? Look at that resume. You got another top twenty-five mm-hmm. win. Mm-hmm. That's where my mind always goes. And with you the know what? Part. You're probably right to say that. Yeah. With every either one of those two schools, whether it be Clemson or North Carolina, and they'll play for the ACC championship. How many teams can still make it? Well, I don't think LSU can. You don't. I, I don't. Do. I they, don't. They beat Georgia. They're in. There's not a doubt in my mind. Where are you going to put Tennessee? Sorry. Didn't win your division. Didn't win your conference. They, but, but they played on the field and Tennessee beat them by 40. They did? That was one game. Uh, I don't know, man. Has never been a two-loss team. I get your argument. I do get your argument. What if Ohio State... What if Michigan beats Ohio State 21-20? And, and it comes down to those two? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two-loss LSU. You won the best conference in college football. And you won out and you actually played a game. Mm-hmm. So if LSU would have played Northwestern State instead of going out and playing a real team in week mm-hmm. one, they'd be in. It was the same argument with Oregon. They yeah. would have went out there and they would have played, I don't know, Idaho. Instead of going to play in Georgia, uh-huh. they would have been in. If you're going to give credit for scheduling, there's also going to be losses that come. I hate the marriage that they have with just the loss column. There has to be deeper they do. thinking. That, that, that is a significant uh, that's a hurdle to p- get past, especially if you're LSU. So back to your original question, seven teams at this point can get in? I mean, USC can get in. USC can get in. But Alabama can't. Alabama can't. I don't think Clemson can. They need a lot of carnage, either them or Carolina. Both of them need a ton right. of carnage. They can get in, though. There's at least a path. It's a crazy path. Yeah, it's maybe. a slight path, but there is a path. I think it's nine. I think LSU still can get in. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like you said, with USC, Clemson and North Carolina. Well, should I, Clemson be above Alabama? Because I don't. There's no way in hell Alabama's getting in. No, no, no. Alabama won't because they won't win their division. So if Clemson was eight, I would go. That there's eight teams. Alabama can't get in. No, they will jump Alabama if they uh-huh. run the table and right. And it comes down to something like that. Mm-hmm. If it's for the fourth spot, mm-hmm. and it's down to twelve and one Clemson and ten and two 
Alabama, yeah, Clemson will get the nod. What if it comes down to Carolina, though? That's the one that I wonder about. Again, ton of carnage has to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way that this has to play out. I kind of hope it does because then the country's going to see this quarterback that we've been talking about. This Drake May is absolutely legit. Realistically, in order for this to happen, you need, like, Iowa to beat Ohio State. Yeah. You need... What else would have to happen? You know, a three-loss Pac-12 mm-hmm. champion. You would have to have a ton. Well, TCU's got to get beat. Right. And maybe get beat twice. Mm-hmm. But for that to happen. But there's still a path. So that's how deep I go. But there's a lot of jumping involved. Carolina right now is at 13. They still have work to do. But they will jump teams again. They go back to the drawing board week yeah. after week after week. It's a new one week after week. Mm-hmm. And the Carolina team lost to Notre Dame. That was their one loss, Notre yeah. Dame. And Same thing. Was, with wasn't Clemson. Notre Dame coming off? Of, was that the week after the Marshall beat them? I think so. That I, I was familiar. surprised. Um, I remember being surprised that North Carolina, that Notre Dame beat North Carolina. I must have been really down on Notre Dame for something. Yeah, Notre Dame was uh, lost to Marshall, then had that tight game against Cal before the Carolina okay. game. Which uh, the Cal game, they very easily could have lost that one too, because mm-hmm. that one came down to the Hail Mary at the end. Yeah, and could have gone the other yep. way. So. Yeah, that Notre Dame team. And again, teams change. Teams evolve. That goes back to LSU. This LSU team that is playing right now is different. Should the that matter? One, yeah, for sure. Is it only resume? Is it the best four teams? Is it the four most deserving teams? Well, it depends on what the mm-hmm. stupid committee comes up with. If LSU play. on was that opening? It was opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Florida was it Florida? Or Florida State. Florida State. Florida State. Yeah, Florida played Utah mm-hmm. and beat Utah. Yes, uh, it was Florida State. Um, man. If they would have put that one in the win column, they didn't. Well, we'll see. Uh, LSU would have wins against Alabama. Alabama. Mm -hmm. That's their best one. Ole Miss. On the road at Florida. Yep. Ole Miss. At Texas A&M. And then wrapping up with Georgia Mm -hmm. in the championship game. That's a pretty shiny resume. 11-2. and That's a pretty shiny resume. You can't leave that team out. I don't know. They won the I'm best with conference you. in college football. I'm with you. Tennessee's lingering there. What did Tennessee beat them? 40-13. to 13. Well, then those Labor Day games that you love, they're going to go away. I hate it. You're right. You're probably right. Because what's the point? Well, where would Oregon be if they didn't they, make exactly. the trip to Atlanta? What's the point? I mm-hmm. mean, they'd still maybe have a path to get in. They would. At 12-1. and one. Mm-hmm. They played Montana instead. Jeez. Very easily could have happened. All right, we'll take a time out. Mitch Holt is going to join us. Before we do that, again, we've got a couple of uh, play-by-play voices, Holtus and PA. Uh, this was a late edition of the program today. So if you're a fan of the Vikings, Paul Allen, the voice of the Vikings, will be with us uh, in an hour from now. But right now at KXNO.com, you can enter this nationwide contest, your chance to win $1,000. When you get to KXNO.com, you'll see the pop-up box. Once you do, enter the keyword Bills, Bills at KXNO.com. It's your chance to win $1,000. We're Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Preston and Ankeny. He runs, then... Now, back to Miller and Tondon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Dave Sproul on Iowa State coming up in, oh, 15 minutes or thereabouts. Right now, the voice of those first place, one-seated, at least for now, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Papa John's here in central Iowa makes it possible. The folks, the Donaldsons, and we'll tell you about more about them uh, before we get out of here. Mitch Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on Sunday Night Football. It's the Chargers. It's the Chiefs. And away we go. How are you? 
Well, it's uh, been crazy. We get flexed to Sunday night football again, coming off in the Chiefs' kingdom, what is the equivalent of uh, George Clooney and a Marky Mark weekend, meaning the perfect storm. No one thought that the Bills, when they had a 99.1% chance of winning, according to next-gen stats, would fumble a quarterback sneak in the end zone. So you're, I know there's tons of Viking fans that are listening to us. Thank you to them. <laughs> but when you get a, what, 0.9% chance of winning and the opponent loses that game that you need to lose, and all of a sudden the door flies open again, and the Chiefs had to take on a desperate Chargers team, for Sunday night football. Yeah, there's a lot uh, going on in the Chiefs kingdom right now. Certainly good to see the running game get going a little bit on Sunday yep. against Jacksonville. Something that I know it's been a big part of our conversation really throughout this season. What do they do and is it handing the keys off to Pacheco? You're going to be the guy going forward? Well, I think it depends on the situation. Remember a week ago at this time, I, I, I can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I said if we're having because you guys and, and should have brought up, hey, that you know the running game wasn't there against the Titans. It was a scrambles by Mahomes. Otherwise, it was not non-existent. And I said it was opponent-specific. This discussion kind of goes week to week. I said if a week from now, if we're saying that there is no ability to run the ball against the Jaguars, then you you know then it looks like it's something serious. And the Chiefs were able to run the ball, and Pacheco gets a load with 17 carries and responds with 81 yards and. He's 215 pounds and brings mm. some, you know, power to it. So I would say it's almost week to week, Trent. And with this Chiefs team and the way Andy Reid operates, truthfully, it could be Clyde Edwards Hilaire's week this week. Remember, he had a 52 yard run against these guys in week two on Thursday Night Football that sealed that game. Or it could be McKinnon, who's been a huge asset. So, yes, but, but it, who knows on what week is going to be able to, uh, you know, be handed the scepter and say, run with it. <laughs> you know, I, I do want to bring up uh, Kadarius Tony and I will so in a, in a moment, yeah. but I want to ask first about Juju Smith-Schuster, as violent a collision yeah. as, as we've seen, sadly, all season long. How is he, Mitch? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure he's in concussion protocol, uh, but have you seen or heard anything? Because that was scary. Yeah, and there's going to be more uh, today. Coach is, is going to give an update on it, so it's best to hear his comments. I don't want to... Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we're, you know, uh, and you could, we got neurologists probably listening to us today. Not all concussions are the same. Sure. And, uh, yeah, that one was uh, that one was a very violent hit, and you know, my heart stopped for a second uh, to see Juju land down there. But uh, we'll see. I mean, yeah, this, this is going to be, um, you know, a bit of a slow climb back, I think. The Chiefs will be overcautious. The league, of course, has the hand in this as the third party. We saw that with Tua's Tonga Bailoa situation earlier this season. So, uh, yeah, rough one. Rough one to see, and um, hopefully we'll get him back, but it will be with every precaution. Well, Kadarius Tony, um, I remember watching, and it was it was Sunday night game because Collinsworth is who I'm going to quote here, not verbatim, but um, and he was talking about Kadarius Tony, and 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 he is so high on this kid. I'm thinking, ah, here's two Florida guys, right? Here's two former right. Gators. Uh, but then I watched this last week, and I see him not. Uh, they're getting him involved in the running game. Point being, Mitch, it looks as though, and it takes a while for a new system. The Tony, uh, the Collinsworth might be right that Tony's going to help out this Chiefs receiving core uh, immensely. Didn't know he would be this uh, adapt this quickly, but he is. I mean, he was, he was all over the game plan against the Jaguars, 
And why would you think any differently with this week against the Chargers? And he fits right into the system. The jet sweeps, uh, the ability to run option routes, the fact that now he's just one more chess piece. Um, and everybody kind of brings something different. Now, in the case of Kadarius Tony, you see a little bit of replication of what McCall Hardman does. But keep in mind, 2019, 20, and 21, McCall Hardman and Tyree Kill played together. Mm-hmm. So there is room in this offense for two guys that can do uh, the skill set that they've got. They're both phenomenal athletes, and they both have lightning speed. So, And they both can catch the ball. Tony's, Tony's I mean, the catch he made against the boundary was big time. If you get a blend now of... Um, you know, it can make a play when the, the the play's perfectly defended or it's not necessarily the perfect play call. And then just an athlete makes a play. Justin Jefferson, right? Exhibit A, right? What he, mm-hmm. The two plays he made late in the game against the Bills are un- crazy. Well, those weren't poorly defended plays. Those weren't awesome play calls, and they weren't just awesome throws by Kirk Cousins. But Jefferson made a play. Kadarius Tony, not saying he's Justin Jefferson, so you Viking fans slow down and don't charge the <laughs> Iowa Capitol here. Uh, but I'm saying he gives the Chiefs, Kadarius Tony does, another guy that can make a play like that. And in this system, it becomes just all the more powerful. Well, in addition that you don't normally anticipate, Frank Clark coming off a two-game suspension, the bye week was also in there. Got to anticipate he's going to be fresh, raring to go. You hate to lose any player, obviously, to suspension here. But the importance of getting Clark back out there and what he means to this Chiefs D. Well, now you're playing chess on the other side of the board, and you're bringing back a piece. You can call him a knight, a rook, a bishop, whatever, but you're putting another chess piece on the board. I think, though, you've touched on in an, in a uh, parenthetical way or maybe a backdoor way of what I think right now becomes the key to this Chiefs team if they're going to keep the one seed and just march on, and that is their speed on defense. And this week specifically, the Chargers, we know they're beaten up, but they're going to get, I think they're going to get Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back. The Chargers so are going to load everything into this game they can. If they don't win this game, they're going to be down three games and a tiebreaker. So uh, it's just they're going to pour everything they've got into it. Now, that being said, the speed at linebacker, which I talked about with you guys, did I not, in training camp. Yep. I said could be the huge difference of the 2022 Kansas City Chiefs. It was enormous last week against Travis Etienne, who's a stud. That guy's a stud now. The Chiefs held him in check. But the bubble screens, uh, the quick uh, passes to the back, or the uh, perimeter run game, the speed of the linebackers, Willie Gay Jr. and Nick Bolton, showed a big time as those two guys combined for 16 tackles. Most of those were at the perimeter. Well, they still have to start interior. I've got to still play the interior run. Oh, it's a, it's a bubble screen. I've got to now sprint at 30 yards and go make a play. Uh, and those two guys were able to do that. Enter Austin Eckler. Uh, Eckler, who's got the ability to catch out of the backfield. He's got 84 targets, you guys. He's got more targets than Kelsey's got. And, uh, he's, he's sitting with 67 catches, just fifth, he's fifth in the league and he's 44th in yards. Weird. But they're, right now they're living off Austin Eckler, and that puts pressure on your linebackers if you're the charger opponent. 
and uh, may I mean they've had to right with those injuries that the uh, the, yes. the, the Chargers have had. So speaking of injuries and, and in the Chiefs' case, lack of particularly on the defensive side of the ball. You you mentioned you know we'll know more about Schuster uh, when Andy Reid talks and maybe Hardman as well. But on the defensive side of the ball, at this deep into the season, and you know I'll pound on the touch wood for you here. Uh, they've they've yep. done uh, injury wise. Uh, they've avoided that on the defensive side of the ball. They have. It's just been the suspensions right. Right, for two games and Willie Gay Jr. for four. Uh, but they've been, you know, they've lost McDuffie, uh, for a while, but now he's backing up and rolling. And, and some of that, uh, it's a, it's an alert point, uh, Ken, but some of that is when you get younger guys. If you get younger guys as the seasons go on and you've got to be, you can't be too young to get blasted. You can't be too old. You get blasted. But when you get younger guys at this point, they seem to tend to avoid those those kind of injuries you're talking about. Again, knock on the table, you're knocking on. Yeah. But uh, just look at the Chargers, what they've had defensively with the injuries. They've lost, they cut Jerry Tillery and what's going on there, but they also uh, have lost inside technique guys. So what did they do last week against the 49ers? They signed two inside tech guys off the practice squad. They get hurt. Hmm. I mean, the Chargers literally are auditioning guys to play on the defensive line right now. Uh, they have Sebastian Joseph Day, uh, but I mean, they're running out of dudes up front. And so here are the Chiefs, relatively healthy going into this game, um, and hopefully can get it done. If they do, they'll just put a vice grip on the division. We'll get you out on this. The Chargers this week, a team, one of the few in the division that has played well against Kansas City here as of late, won the uh, two games both in Arrowhead in 20 and 21. Of course, the Chiefs got the one earlier this season. But what is it about this team, the Chargers, that seem to be maybe the most difficult matchup in division against Kansas City? Depends on Mike Williams. Yeah. If Mike Williams plays, he has been the guy that has really challenged the Chiefs on those boundary throws, and Herbert's got the ability to get it down there. Yep. Herbert's been hot and cold, second in the league in attempts, second in the league in completion percentage, 30th in the league in yards per pass attempt. I mean, just odd. But what's happened is he's just living off checkdowns to Austin Eckler or angles or circle routes. Now, Mike Williams comes into play. This is Ken's point earlier. Mike Williams comes into play. Now they start launching it down the field, especially on the boundary routes, just like on a fade. That's where he's hurt the Chiefs in the past. Herbert's got the ability to make that throw. Williams has the ability to catch it. Uh, and that's where they've hurt the Chiefs in the past. Plus, the Chargers go all in. They just all in when they play the Chiefs. It's hurt them against other teams, let me be honest with you. But they they are so desperate to win, they're going to put everything they've got. They'll load everything up with canister and just blast away. But that's that's what the Chargers have done recently against the Chiefs. Mm. Should be a good one. Uh, and what a great uh, opportunity to have the doorbell ring and Papa John shows up in advance of Sunday night football. Should be, uh, should be a busy one for our f- fine delivery men and women out there. Absolutely. Sunday night football will be huge for Papa John's, but even in the month of November, it's just what makes it even more fun and more impactful is this My Happy Place. People can check it out online. But right now, through November, the Papa John's uh, locations of Iowa, two-topping pizza, free order of breadsticks, it's fifteen ninety-nine. So two-topping pizza, this is Sunday Night Football Watch Party, free order of uh, cheese sticks, just fifteen ninety-nine. But they're going to donate, the Donaldsons will, a portion of that to My Happy Place. Use the online code 1599HAPPY, 1599HAPPY. And then take a little time to research what My Happy Place is for the Families of Iowa who need it the most. Mitch Holtis, great stuff, Mitch. We'll talk to you in a week. Thanks for doing this.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sure, thank you guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Mitch Holtz is the voice of the Chiefs. Chiefs and the Chargers Sunday Night Football NBC. One more NFL voice still to come on the program today. Paul Allen, the voice of the Vikings in about 30 minutes. But Dave Sproul is next. It's Miller and Condon. Dave covers Iowa State for KSI 1430 AM, our sister station in Story County. He's next. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Iowa.com. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Ten minutes before noon, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Time to talk some Iowa State. But before we do that, Mm -hmm. since you're both Twins fans, the Twins are about to make their largest contract in team history. Trent, I asked you about Carlos Correa last week. Mm -hmm. You hoped that they didn't go there, Yep. put all their resources in one basket. Sproul's a Twins fan. What's your take on this, Dave Sproul? Well, I, I think, uh, all due respect, to characterize it as putting all your resources into one basket is not necessarily accurate. Uh, any uh, spending uh, limitations uh, by just about any Major League Baseball team That's at, at this point <laughs> are purely self-imposed. So you don't necessarily have to say, well, we got X payroll and we're going to give Y to one player and that leaves uh, nothing for the rest. But you, there are ways to, you know, to do that, to make a, a big signing and, and still – go fill in the gaps and, and afford to get some other good players. That being said, I don't really have any realistic expectation that whatever the Twins offer is going to be anywhere close to what uh, Correa is going to command on the open market. Well, we shall see. going to be a fun offseason. I think they unveiled the new uniforms tomorrow. Is that what it is? I think it is. You're not even into this, TC. No, it's basketball season. <laughs> I, I, mean, I got college is. hoops. I don't got time for baseball right now. All right. Well, if we got college hoops and college football to talk about with Dave Sproul, let's talk about the press conferences that uh, you attended yesterday. We'll start with football. Another um, one that seemingly slipped away that could, if it would have, should have uh, been put in the win column. I, I'm convinced Gundy didn't want to play Spencer Sanders, and if Iowa State would have taken advantage of their opportunities and opened up a big enough lead that uh, we wouldn't have. But they did. Um, and he was a big part of the uh, of of the outcome. But uh, another one, Dave, that feels like um, could have gone the clone's way. Yet here we are. Yeah, uh, story of the whole season. And uh, it, you know, one of the interesting things about yesterday's news conference was uh, Matt Campbell talking about. You know, there is frustration that they've taken the losses. And you, you remember last year that uh, you know he didn't really want to talk about expectations and individual win loss outcomes and things like that. Nope. And, you know being focused on the process and all those other things we've heard for years. But he did admit, you know, yeah, it is frustrating to lose these close games. He said he understands, you know, and, you know, outcomes do matter to, to some degree. He has reiterated several times, you know, how proud he is of his team to keep working and trying to get better uh, in practice and in games. And that's still, I'm sure, his, his primary focus. But, you know, he, he acknowledged, yeah, there are frustrations. Then he kind of took it upon himself. You see coaches do this every so often, say, hey, it's on me. Got to teach him better. Got to coach him better. And, I'm sure there's some truth to that uh, as well. So, you know, he's he's maybe showing a little bit of a, 
uh, more emotion emotionality uh, recently than he had uh, the previous uh, weeks. But uh, I think, uh, you know, he's got a team that from, from what he said, from what the guys have said, you know, we get kind of a select group of guys who uh, represent the program. So we know kind of how they're going to, uh, to talk about these things. And, uh, but, but I do get the impression they're still, you know, they have something to play for. And, and that's, if nothing else, if not necessarily wins and losses or a bowl thing ex- explicitly, it's, it's for each other. And so they're out there, you know, uh, I, I think you'll still see a team that gives a lot of effort. It's just a matter of, you know, executing and doing all those little things that have cost them games so far this season. Well, Texas Tech has been a team that Matt Campbell has had the number in outside of last year and the ridiculous bomb 60-plus yard field oh, goal to beat them. <laughs> and really, I mean, just completely derailed. It felt like the season losing that Tech team in that fashion. What do you see this year out of Texas Tech? What are your concerns going into the matchup night game and It's going to be a lot of those guys from Lubbock and across Texas that probably haven't played in conditions like they're going to see Saturday night. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, From Iowa State's point of view, my main concern would be just the experience that Texas Tech has. They have, they have some guys who've been around and and names you've seen on their roster for several uh, seasons now. And, Okay, several's probably put in, you know, a few seasons uh, since this is college uh, football. Uh, but uh, so they they got some guys with with experience. Uh, Tyler Shuck has been, you know, around. He's been uh, with two different programs now and seems to have established himself, at least for the time being, as a starting quarterback for Texas Tech. But on the flip side, you know, Iowa State still brings an awfully good defense. It is going to be cold. It's a Texas team. And the Red Raiders traditionally have not done very well in Jack Ray Stadium, really no matter the time of year. Uh, certainly since uh, Matt Campbell came along. So there are some uh, reasons, I think, for Iowa State fans to be optimistic about going in there and getting a win on, on Saturday night. Dave, um, with senior day, obviously Xavier Hutchinson uh, leads the class. I don't think I'm being unfair to anybody that uh, will walk uh, with him uh, on the same night. Who are some of the other guys? Are there some decision? I mean, Reader's got Reader's career is done. MJ Anderson, does he have another year left to transfer Minnesota? Who's really coming into his own? Isn't there one more year left for him? And am I mistaken? And how closely should we watch senior the festivities on Saturday night? Uh, yeah, I don't know if uh, participation in senior festivities is going to give anything away because Anthony Johnson participated last year and then decided and to back, come yeah, back. Yeah, so he, he gets to do it twice. I believe, I'm going to check this real quick just to be sure, MJ Anderson is listed as a junior. Uh, so he is eligible to return, uh, not only in that regard, but I think he, he has a COVID year left as well. Don't wow. put me on that because of the math. I, yeah, I, I've lost track of time in the last few years, as many have. Uh, so I'm not entirely sure exactly who's been around and who hasn't since 2020, but I believe MJ has that, that COVID year, uh, under his belt. And I think there are others who, uh, could return. And I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that would include Dimitri Stanley. Uh, so there's a chance he could return to help the receiving core uh, next season as well. Um, Jared Russ is listed as a senior. I think he's got a, a chance to to come back if he uh, if he wants to. So there are a handful of guys, and I think you know it's, it would be the redshirt junior class uh, of this season who. Uh, you know, would, or, or older than that, who would still have that uh, COVID year of eligibility left uh, again. But both the, the- so don't. Don't quote me on all that. No, I got you. I got you. But Vaughn and Vance, the two linebackers, I mean, uh, Gary Vaughn and Orion Vance, they're done, right? Or they will be? I believe so. I think so. I mean, it's so hard with the I need to do it. I, I, Yeah, I need, I need an Excel spreadsheet or something to keep track of who yeah. has or who hasn't used a, a COVID year at this point. But I believe, yeah, Vaughn and Vance are both out of eligibility. Gotcha. 
over to a little basketball. One more tune-up before they head out to Portland and the Phil Knight Invitational. Villanova will be their opponent on Thanksgiving Day uh, coming up next week. Milwaukee this week, two games in. A couple of takeaways from you, Dave. What you seen out of the men's hoops team? Yeah, so far, uh, I think Oshun Oshuni has been pretty much as advertised. He's he's a force in the middle. He's a, a presence, but maybe force is a stronger, but he's certainly a, a presence down low uh, defensively who can at least alter shots if not get some block shots. And he, you know, he can he can score a little bit. Um, oh, I got to talk about my guy from Ames, Damon Lipsy. Yeah. I know his numbers haven't been spectacular, but they were really solid on mm-hmm. Sunday too. And and just watching him play, he seems very unfazed. And I shouldn't be terribly surprised. He's a very mature individual who's handled himself well on and off the court in every circumstance that I've seen. And, uh, you know, you, you never know until that moment comes how a guy's going to handle that transition from high school to college. But if anyone, uh, you know, I've seen is well-equipped to do so from a maturity and confidence uh, standpoint, it's Taman, and, and he looks like he belongs out there physically and mentally. Um, there are some things he, you know, obviously can uh, clean up, and, and at times he'll probably still look like a freshman uh, at least a little bit, but – I, I I know that he's the starting point guard primarily because of injury, but I think he's showing that he, he certainly would have been uh, pretty high in the rotation uh, if not for that injury and, and is a really solid, if maybe not quite spectacular option at, at this point yet, but a, a solid option uh, certainly to be your starting point guard. Uh, yeah, I just wish Caleb Grill could hit more shots at home. Uh, last thing in our finally 30 <laughs> seconds with you. Uh, Fenley and uh, and his team met uh, you guys yesterday uh, as well. Great story. It's going to be a fun uh, fun winter uh, for uh, Bill Fenley's squad. Yeah, they're going up to uh, northern Iowa this uh, tonight, tonight, right? Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah, 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock uh, tip-off, both on KXNO and KASI if you're so inclined. And it's always a really good fight between those two teams, you and I coming out of the Valley and you know, scrapping as an in-state rival, and they go back and forth to each other's home gyms, and it's it's a fun uh, fun game to watch. So I think that'll be pretty intense. It'll be a good test for this Iowa State team to go on the road, maybe not full-on road trip as you, you'll see in the Big 12 and maybe not the same kind of caliber team you see in the Big 12, but one that's going to fight you hard and will play well and probably not beat themselves, and that's the big thing uh, that Iowa State, uh, I'm sure, needs to be prepared for tonight. Good stuff, Dave Sproul. Thank you. Uh, you won't be with us next week, so happy Thanksgiving in advance, and we'll uh, talk to you uh... Uh, we'll talk to you after that. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. You bet. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Thanks so much for the time. Yeah, good to talk to you. Dave Sproul, 1430 KASI. All right, well, Vikings, Cowboys, we've got a trip to give away. Not we, KXNO does. Andrew Downs is going to step in for a few minutes, and then we're going to be joined by the voice of those Vikings, Paul Allen. David Eicholt on Iowa.